Welcome to the Gut Podcast. On the paper, Mediterranean Diet Intervention Alters the Gut Microbiome in Older People, Reducing Frailty and Improving Health Status. A New Age One-Year Dietary Intervention Across Five European Countries. Published in Paper Copy in Gut in July 2020. My name is Dr. Philip Smith, Digital and Education Editor of Gut, and consultant gastroenterologist at the Royal Liverpool Hospital. And I extend a very warm welcome to Professor Paul O'Toole, who is Professor of Microbial Genomics, Head of School of Microbiology, and Principal Investigator in APC Microbiome Island, an SFI-funded centre at University College Cork, Ireland. He leads a team in the Extremes of Life programme examining the role of of the gut microbiome in healthy aging. Professor O'Toole is the senior author on this excellent paper. Professor O'Toole, thank you very much for joining me today to do this podcast, especially at this very difficult time in the world. Um, But congratulations on this excellent paper, which has got a lot of interest online already. Firstly, could I ask you to explain the background to your study and why researching this area is so important. Certainly, Philip, and thank you for the invitation to speak to your listeners. I've been studying the gut microbiome of older people for the last 13 years as a member of a larger centre whose aim is to uncover the relationships between the gut microbiome and human health. And through the course of that research, we observed that in a number of different life stages, the gut microbiome appears to be modulated by habitual diet. Now, this is important because the gut microbiome has been linked to a range of non-communicable diseases, things like inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel syndrome, obesity, type 2 diabetes, and even cardiovascular disease. But at the extremes of life, in other words, in uh, infancy and in old age, it appears that the gut microbiome undergoes changes, um, quite dramatic changes, compared to the rest of life was very stable. And when we began this in 2007, there was preliminary evidence from culture-based studies that as people aged, their gut microbiome reduced in diversity. And the biological and clinical importance of this is that the gut microbiome produces a range of metabolic functions which uh, contribute to human nutrition and also towards modulating inflammation. And in a paper we published in Nature in 2012, we show that there was a large variation in the gut microbiome of older people, depending on whether or not they were living in the community, buying their own food and consuming a healthy, high diversity diet, or if they were living in long-term residential care where they typically consumed a low diversity diet and had a low diversity microbiome. Because these were correlation studies, they were um, cross-sectional studies, we couldn't imply causality between the low diversity microbiome in frail older people and their lower health status. So basically for the last eight years, we've been trying to prove using intervention studies that the low diversity microbiome was causally associated with lower health. And immediately prior to this paper, we had published a, an intervention study where we gave older people five prebiotics for six months, where the prebiotic is a dietary fiber, which is known to promote um, 
the outgrowth of certain gut bacteria. And that study was conditionally positive insofar as we saw some improvements in the microbiodiversity, but modest changes in the indices of health, including inflammation and um, also cognitive function and barrier function. But it wasn't statistically significant for reasons probably to do with the duration and the, the limited nature of the dietary intervention. So the background to the current paper was really, can we do a more dramatic dietary intervention in a larger group of older people and see if we can change the microbiome and improve their health? And that was, that's what brought us to the current gut paper, which we're describing today. Thank you. Um, that's very clear. So what, what are the new findings your study um, has found then? Well, this was a large European project involving multiple partners. And essentially what was done was that we surveyed a couple of thousand people at baseline for their habitual diet and microbiome, and also did a range of anthropometrics and measurement of biological parameters. And then around 600 of those subjects went into a dietary intervention where we gave them a Mediterranean diet for one year. And these were distributed across five European countries, ranging from Eastern Europe through into uh, Northern Europe. And there was even a cohort in the UK. And the lucky participants, if they were on the med diet arm, got a delivery of Mediterranean diet once a week, which they consumed. And then the control group continued to eat their uh, their normal diet. This was over the, re the time duration of one whole year, which is a long, ex ex expensive study. And these people were all over age 65 and they were pre-frail. They weren't marked as frail, they were pre-frail. And what naturally happens at, at that age, over the course of one year, is that you see a measurable increase in frailty using a range of clinically validated criteria. But in the med diet group, there was a marked measurable statistically significant and, and clinically significant uh, lower rate of onset of frailty. And it had, we had previously published from the New Age Consortium that this could be uh, demonstrated using a, a variety of criteria, including measures of inflammation, measures of cognitive function, measures of osteoporosis, uh, blood pressure and, art and arterial stiffness. But the uh, the microbiome association of this had not been tested. And what we showed once we did the microbiome analysis is that the intervention group, in other words, the subjects who received the Mediterranean diet, had an improvement in their microbiota diversity, uh, but not all subjects responded equally well. And when we drilled down into the data and we looked at it as a function of their baseline microbiota and their compliance, and this was a key observation, because not all the subjects were equally compliant, which actually was quite fortuitous. So the more compliant the subjects were in consuming the Mediterranean diet, the greater was their microbiota response, and the stronger was their correlation with the delayed onset of frailty. In fact, some of these subjects, for some of the parameters, underwent no deterioration whatsoever. Now, in terms of microbiome detail, um, we were able to identify two groups of bacteria in the med diet intervention subjects. There were some bacteria which responded positively to the diet, we call these diet positive taxa. And these are in many cases bacteria with 
a good provenance in the literature already. They were known to be at higher abundance in healthier people. And we also saw in the intervention group a reduction in the, in, in the abundance of diet negative taxa, in other words, bad bacteria to oversimplify, which were, uh, have been associated with less health in other studies. And the diapositive taxa seem to be at the center of ecological interaction networks. These are like old-fashioned um, network diagrams of Amazonian rainforests or any ecological ecosystem. What it basically means is that the, the, the taxa, the bacteria that respond to the med diet, are the, the cornerstones of the microbiological ecosystem, and they're hard to change, which is why it takes a long time, one whole year, to improve a, a patient's microbiota. So I guess the key clinical um, take-home message from that part of the study is that to improve people's microbiome and the results resulting metabolites, you have to change their habitual diet for quite a long time. Thank you, Paul. Um, that's, that's very, very clear uh, and a great overview of, the, of your study. Thank you. Um, so you've, you've already touched um, partly on this, but how might your paper impact on clinical practice in the foreseeable future? Obviously, when dealing with older patients, older subjects, the issue of malnutrition is very important because Increasingly in Western countries, you see high BMI older people who are actually malnurtured. And this is because outside of settings where they have regular interaction with dietetic or nutritional staff, they tend to eat relatively poor quality foods or a restricted range of foods. Now, we've known for a long time that older people and all, all people should eat better food, but it seems to be particularly hard to convey this message to older people. We also now know that nutrition cannot be viewed in isolation and must be seen through the lens of the microbiome because many of the nutritional ingredients which we promote are actually converted into bioactive metabolites by gut bacteria. And the best examples are the simplest ones, meaning fruit, fiber, and vegetables, where the long chain polysaccharides cannot be digested by the host and they have to be broken down by gut bacteria and converted into metabolites that the host can use for simple energy generation or for reducing inflammation. So I hope that our study will remind clinicians of the necessity for considering the, the diversity of the diet in the context of the diversity of the microbiome. But there are also implications for um, managing cognitive function and inflammation. So cognitive function is self-explanatory, and it's a very uh, challenging aspect of elderly healthcare, particularly nowadays where we try and promote the ability of older people to live uh, independently for as long as possible. The other uh, topical aspect of this is inflammation, meaning the activity of the innate immune system. And one of the challenges for older patients is to improve their response to seasonal vaccines, be they flu vaccines or pneumococcal vaccines. And drawing on what we know from the interaction of the gut microbiome with immunotherapy from the cancer side of the, the hospital, it's conceivable and theoretically sound to imagine that the gut microbiome may also determine the ability of older people to uh, respond well to, to vaccines. And we also don't know if the gut microbiome has a role in general innate immunity 
which could be important when older people are confronted with pathogens, including the COVID-19 virus. So the ability of the gut microbiome to impact on innate immunity is one part of the overall puzzle of managing the inflammatory and innate immune response of our older patients. Thank you. Uh, and certainly it's very topical at this very challenging time. Um, how might this study therefore impact on research priorities in the foreseeable future? You've, you've, again, you've, you've, you've touched on it already to a certain degree. I think that um, sustainable living for older people is a complex multifactorial problem which needs dialogue from all the major stakeholders. Um, as somebody who's a microbiologist who's been exposed to a lot of gerontology in the last decade and a half, I completely appreciate that to improve elderly healthcare, it's, it's a complex challenge involving diet, nutrition, lifestyle, and social support. And I think it's interesting that the optimal solution for healthy independent living is people, older people who live within one city block who have access to a supermarket selling fresh fruit, medical practitioners, a bank, a post office, and a community center, all with one, one, within one block. And they will walk around that block every day and get some exercise. And basically what we've done in that 21st century model is we've recreated a village. So I would love to see some joined up thinking amongst community healthcare, where we can bring all of the stakeholders, all of whom want to promote elderly health, and get them all talking to each other so we can try and emulate those aspects of a village on a city-by-city -city basis in Europe to promote elderly healthcare. Well, thank you, uh, Professor Attil. Um, that was um, very clear and very interesting. It's certainly, I think, uh, going to be a very important area in the future. Thank you once again for doing this podcast today. This, this is a very difficult time, and I appreciate um, you doing this. And congratulations once again on your fantastic paper being published in GUT. The link to this paper will be underneath this podcast, so for any of our listeners, um, do click on the link and read the paper uh, at the end of this podcast. Thank you once again for listening and um, follow the next podcast, which will be coming soon.